Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith to bring you the post-game show after Bayern Munich's big 3-0 victory over Armenia Bielefeld in the Bundesliga. It was a very dominant match for Bayern Munich, and I know that the scoreline might not indicate uh, such dominance, but really this game could have been anywhere from 6-0 to 7-0. Uh, Bayern was just absolutely relentless in their attack, and they were able to keep Armenia Bielefeld on their heels for the entirety of the match. Uh, it was a really spectacular effort, even if the squad did not reach the back of the net as many times as they would have liked. So let's just take a quick look at the match. We'll give you a quick recap here. Uh, and let's start with the lineup because I thought it was very interesting that after uh, Bayern Munich's elimination at the hands of Villarreal in the Champions League, that uh, Julian Nagelsmann took his time and he worked back to a back three, which allowed him to push Marcel Sabitzer into the lineup in favor of Leroy Sané. And uh, let's just lay it all out. So we had Neuer in that in the back three consisted of Dio Upamakano, Tangai Nianzu, and Benjamin Pavar. We will talk about those three in a second. Uh, the wingbacks were Serge Gnabry and Alfonso Davies. Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka made for a nice tandem as a double pivot. And then we saw Marcel Sabitzer, Thomas Muller, and Robert Lewandowski sitting atop that formation as uh, really what amounted to a 3-4-2-1. But in a lot of ways, it was a 3-7 because uh, Byron was uh, just consistently on the, the attack the entire match. Uh, so how this game played out, it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, early on, uh, we, we saw a very unfortunate way uh, for Armenia Bielefeld to start the match. Jakob Larsson uh, had an own goal, which uh, was really the result of some pressure from Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Larsson did his best to try and ward off Lewandowski, unintentionally had to put the ball in the net in the 10th minute. That automatically put Armenia Bielefeld in a hole and... Uh, really made Bayern, it paved the way for Bayern to be the aggressor. So uh, that was the theme of the match as uh, Bayern Munich would consistently just pressure the Bielefeld defense and eventually wore them down for a couple of goals. But uh, we would see a, a long drought there in the first half uh, in between goals for Bayern Munich because for as much pressure as Bayern was getting, they just weren't able to, to capitalize on it in the form of goals. But you could see, obviously, that this was a completely and thoroughly dominant effort. So um, Serge Gnabry added the second goal to make it 2-0 off of just a perfect feed from Joshua Kimmich. Gnabry had an excellent goal, uh, an excellent match, I should say, and was really a threat the entire time operating as a wingback, a position he doesn't necessarily like to play, but one that he was really fantastic in uh, for the entirety of this match. Uh, Joshua Kimmich sent the ball over the top. Gnabry was able to lay out and get a foot on it and put it into the net. It was really like one of the goals that shows you just how good Gnabry can be and that fantastic level of skill that he has. I uh, was really happy with the way Gnabry played today. It was a truly, truly good effort for him. He was creative the entire time. Uh, as the second half kicked off, we did get a substitute right off the bat, and that was Josip Stanisic for Tangai Nianzu. Nianzu, of course, had just a really terrible uh, stretch there in the first half where uh, he was beaten pretty soundly on a, on a play that was 
marginally offside, which, okay, that happens. Not, not such a big deal. Then he followed it up just moments later with a terrible yellow card. Uh, it was a terrible foul. It was just sloppy. And it was really undisciplined. And this has been a consistent theme we've seen with Nianzu over the course of this season. And we'll touch on that in a bit. But I will say for as much potential as he has, he's going to have to really start to tighten up his game and embrace uh, actually playing the right way at times and not being so careless with his approach to challenges. In the second half, the dominance continued. We would eventually see Leroy Sané come on for Marcel Sabitzer and also Jamal Musiala for Thomas Muller. Sabitzer was okay. Um, I wouldn't say he was bad on the day. He was okay. It wasn't great. He uh, had some moments where he was in a good position to score, just didn't happen. But uh, I thought he was overall, you know, he had a, a decent match. As for Muller, um, again, I, I felt like he was decent. Didn't think it was one of his best efforts. I thought that he had done a, a fairly good job operating, it, it, you know, throughout the final third. He was really all over the pitch in terms of his positioning. Um, he was able to wander out to wide positions, work centrally, and he did a lot of good things. So, I think you could say that Mueller had a, a decent match, but again, wasn't overwhelmingly good by any stretch. Uh, later on, uh, Lewandowski in the 85th minute would find Jamal Musiala on, which was a just a great pass from Lewandowski to Musiala, who was running in and just deftly placed the ball in the back of the net. Really solid effort from Musiala. It's becoming harder and harder uh, <laughs> to... Uh, to really see how Byron's going to be able to keep him out of the starting 11 next season. And it's tough because of all this talent that they've acquired and they've accumulated for those positions, whether Nagelsmann plays a back three or a back four, I think he really is going to struggle to keep Musiala out of the 11, but Musiala keeps making his case that he should get more time. And I think with more and more performances like this and with his versatility to be able to play across many positions across any of Julian Nagelsmann's formations, Musiala is really just, uh, you know, he's proving himself every time he goes out there. Uh, in the 88th minute, we did see Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting come in. In the 89th minute, we saw Gabriel Vidovich make his debut, which was nice. Obviously, didn't get a lot of time, but it was good to see the youngster uh, finally make his debut there and get to uh, get on the pitch a little bit for Julian Nagelsmann's first team. So overall, just a really solid effort. I thought Byron was really good. They were dominant and they just did a, a fantastic job of applying pressure and keeping it on for the entirety of the match. Uh, the starting lineup did exactly what I think Nagelsmann wanted them to do. And in fact, like I said, I think they operated more like a three, seven at times because they were just so relentless in keeping the pressure on. And sure. I mean, some fans will be disappointed that the scoreline was only three nil, but honestly, I think you have to look at the end result here. You walk away and you feel good about Bayern Munich looking a little bit like itself in terms of attacking relentlessly, being creative and looking to keep consistent pressure on the opposition. Those are the things you have to take out of it. You can't really focus too much on the scoreline. Sure. I mean, if, if Bayern was a little more precise in the final third, maybe it's seven nil or eight nil, but 3-0 3-0 will get the job done. It leaves Byron in a position to need one more win, which could come in Der Klassiker next week against Borussia Dortmund to clinch the league. So that will make that game even more interesting for fans to watch. 
Uh, some quick takeaways from the match. Uh, like I said, the, the starting lineup did what it needed to do. I didn't think everyone was great. Um, like I said, Sabitzer was decent. Muller was decent. Uh, I thought the back line, for the most part, played well. Uh, there were some moments uh, where I thought they struggled. In particular, uh, Patrick Vimmer really was just sensational for Armenian Bielefeld. He he was giving Dio Upamakano fits. He was giving Benjamin Pavard fits. But eventually, Josef Stanisic came in and was able to calm Vimmer down a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was just it was good to see that if someone had a misplay on defense, there was typically someone there to help out. So I thought overall, when you look at the defense, they had a very solid effort. I, I, I wouldn't say even though they each probably had some struggles at different points, uh, the overall coverage for the back line was great. And collectively, they turned in a solid effort. I would say that Joshua Kimmich went through stretches of looking just tired at times. He did have that great assist to Serge Gnabry, but, um, you know, especially to start the game, Kimmich looked a little bit out of sorts. Eventually he got his bearings and was able to, to make a, a, a good contribution to the match. Leon Goretzka was, was active as well. Uh, it wasn't their, like, again, wasn't their best effort as a midfield, but they were, they were good. And you can't complain about that, especially coming off of this week. Lewandowski, Muller, Gnabry, Davies, Sabitzer when he was in, uh, you know, even Sané and Musiala when they came in. It was good in terms of pressure. It was good in terms of creating opportunities. It wasn't great in terms of the end product. But I think for this match, you level set your expectations and you, you're happy with the 3-0 win. And you're happy that they were able to look like the type of team who was able to apply consistent pressure on the opposition and force their opponents into mistakes. And that's what Bayern Munich did. And it's what we really haven't seen them do too much of late. Uh, you know, we did see some flashes in, in that second leg against Villarreal, but we just didn't see enough of it to help Bayern advance. So it's good to see the team start to look like itself again. Some other quick takeaways. I think Serge Gnabry was excellent. Again, he was technically a wing back in this formation, and I thought he did a good job navigating that area out wide. Uh, it wasn't too different than his responsibilities of playing as a wing in a 4 2 3 1 which probably made it easier to swallow for him today because the, the game plan was clearly to keep attacking and to play up and to probably play a little higher than normal. Uh, it does show that if Gnabry really wanted to function as a wing back, he could be a pretty good one. Um, but his preference in the type of formation that Nagelsmann wants to run that back three is to play more centrally in one of those attacking midfielder roles. So that whole situation, especially with Gnabry's contract being essentially up for renewal this summer, uh, you know, the team and the player are both going to have to figure some things out. Another takeaway from the match was that Tangai Nianzu, he needs a loan. And I know this has been kind of the, one of the hot topics about the squad planning for next season. Does, does Bayern Munich use Nianzu as one of its primary substitutes as a defender, as a, as, a, as a depth player who will definitely get time, or do they send him away to get even more playing time in an environment that will challenge him and it will give the club a chance to see him play at a higher level more consistently and get more, more game time on film that they can examine? My, my take right now is that we can all sit here and we can all look at Nianzu's great potential, and he certainly has that. 
but he is sloppy and careless in his game. And, and this is a pattern. This isn't me overreacting to a bad yellow card today. I mean, I think on a different day with a different referee that could have even been pushed to a red just because of how reckless he was. And it's not the first time that we've seen him do that. So he, as a player, is going to have to mature to the point where he's either going to have to tone down those moments of carelessness or that's just going to be the player who he is. Um, Of course, like he does also have some lapses with his defending and positioning. He got pretty lucky that Okugawa was inches offside today or Byron would have conceded a goal. Uh, He just has a lot of things to work out in his game. And it doesn't mean that he still can't retain that title of having great potential, but the more we see of him, the more we see that he has some areas for improvement in his game. He's still very young and has a lot of time to improve those. But when a player is typically this careless and this reckless, he's going to have to have some kind of self-realization that he needs to make changes. And if Nianzu can't do that, this will become a pattern over the course of his career. Um, finally, the last thing we'll hit on is, you know, before the match even even went off today, we, we saw the story that Kerry Howe from Sports One, Sport One broke that uh, Robert Lewandowski was one of the players who approached Nagelsmann about Uh, not agreeing with the coach's tactics and his training methods. So uh, I think that that whole topic of tactics, you could talk about six podcasts probably, right? But just to hit on it quickly, tactics are what they are. And right now for Nagelsmann, uh, some of what he is doing is really good. Some of it is innovative. Some of it is using his players in the best possible positions. But one of the things that has happened has created uh, consistently, it's created a little bit of congestion around Lewandowski and around Mueller. And some people don't like when we talk about that. And they think that it's, you know, that Mueller and Lewandowski should be better and they should have to adjust. But the truth is those two players operate better with more space. And even today, uh, there were just a lot, there were a lot of players in, in the penalty area. There were a lot of players crashing into the box. At times, it was just Byron player on top of Byron player. In fact, when one diagonal cross went by, Three consecutive Bayern players missed it. Now, it was great that they were all in a relatively good position to make a play on it, but it just shows you that in a tight spot, there are sometimes three, four players right on top of each other, and that does sometimes affect players like Lewandowski and Muller. I believe it was Goretzka who teed up a shot right at Stefan Ortega. I could be misremembering that. could have been Sabitzer, Uh, but either way, whoever took that shot, there was someone right behind them, so... Uh, it was it was disappointing to see that the spacing sometimes is just off and that the players haven't adjusted to that fully. And I think if Nagelsmann can find a way to get the players more spread out and to space them out better, that the offense will absolutely be more productive and we will see more goals. But overall, you have to be really happy about the effort. You have to be really happy about the win. The big focus right now is to get those three points next week, clinch the league, and then be able to rest some veterans to play some younger kids and start to build toward next season and figure out exactly what this team's identity will be for the 2022-23 season. So, hey, thanks for joining us in this one. Catch the catch the uh, the website for all of the match awards and observations along with our initial analysis and this podcast, obviously. If uh, you want to find it there, you can also get it off of all of the major podcast carriers. Um, as always, you can get me at Twitter, 
on Twitter at the barrel blog and get our site at Bavarian FB works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adam 71. You can get, I need no name at BFW You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner and you can get Samarin and schnitzel on our site. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the match and we will see you next time.